This is Corey Kohlauer, and you're listening to UND Football 360. The Hawks get doubled up in Brookings. This week, Western Illinois invades the Alaris Center on their Missouri Valley Football Conference farewell tour. It's homecoming at UND, and this is UND Football 360. This is UND Football 360. Shannon Schweigert with former Fighting Sioux All-American Kelly Howe and 2001 National Champ Matt Nelson. It's homecoming week. It's a bounce-back week for the Fighting Hawks. It's a bounce-back week for Kelly Howe. And Matt, is there enough Coors Light for Kelly Howe to get over last weekend? <laughs> I think he went to straight to the uh, banquets. Skip the uh, Coors, Coors banquet. Well, here's a, here's a thought that I have. When I saw the when <laughs> it I, was that bad. Yeah. When I saw the tweet, I said, "We better rush <laughs> Flickertail Brewing into action because we need something stronger than Coors right. Light to get Kelly Howe through that." Kelly, how are you doing? It's Wednesday morning. What is your re- <laughs> what is your recovery time? I'm usually by Monday yeah. afternoon. I'm I'm a lot better. Yeah. Sun- What's your recovery? Sunday. Well, this one Sunday I was over it. I. And, uh, I've told my kid many times. They just uh, the other night they played um, Davies and in the JV game and probably gave up 350 yards rushing at least. Davies ran inside. They ran a sweep version thing 70 times the same play and Chandler couldn't stop it. And I told him after the game, I said, you know, uh, I think that's just one of these where you burn the tape. Land. Let's just forget about it. Let's move on. I go, you guys didn't stand a chance in that one. I This one, Sunday, Matt, I uh, woke up. I'm like, eh, it just didn't go right. We didn't we didn't battle. We didn't have anything. Yeah. Move on. You know, like, I was lucky because I got uh, a couple baseball games my son was playing in, so I got a good distraction on Sunday and then – uh, you know, the Vikings game. So, I mean, it was good, good distractions to get over this one. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it's still, it, you know, it's it's like you want to be, you know, disappointed nothing. in the game. But, you know, it's just upsetting that we lost to a interstate uh, South right. Dakota rival, you know. It's just a lot yeah, of history there, there's there. nothing like seeing Kirk Cousins sprinting to try to prevent a 99-yard <laughs> <laughs> Pick six to, to put things well, in perspective. Yep. Yeah, today's theme, it's going to be all about perspective, but we are going to rewind that loss, the 42-21 loss to the Jackrabbits. The Hawks stand 2-2. Two and two. It's homecoming week, and that's why we rolled out our old friend Corey Kohlhauer, the largest quarterback in captivity, as he was once described by Coach Roger Thomas. Always good to have um, the – Quarterback emeritus of the University of North Dakota, right. Corey Kohlhauer. Always good to have him open. Maybe he's going to bring us a little juju as we head into uh, this battle with the Leathernecks. Folks, I think this is our best show ever. You know, and that's not just puffery. I think it's our best show ever. We got Corey Kohlhauer. Uh, we're going to run through who sponsors this in a little bit. We got the Kelly Howe Agency Insurance uh, Rewind coming up. Our Development Homes 360 guest is none other then Ryan Kosowski, brother-in-law to Kelly Howe because nepotism runs rampant at <laughs> UND Football 360. We always say that. Uh, the host has a connection to the program as well. Uh, nepotism runs rampant. Um, we got a surprise for you. We have another uh, All-American who's going to bring us back uh, in Block B. we got the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview where we're going to take a look at the farewell tour 
of the Leathernecks, their last yeah. Missouri Valley Football Conference appearance in Grand Forks. We got the Hail Mary quiz, Kelly and Matt's picks by Rumor Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Um, we got to thank our sponsors, and off the top, they've been with us the longest: Rumor Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Uh, Billy and the boys uh, will take care of you. Food. Drinks, gaming, everything you need. Development Homes Incorporated. Uh, no better, kinder, bigger hearts than Development Homes Incorporated of Grand Forks. Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota. For all you sportsmen out there, that's the place to be. Kelly Howe Agency, NODAC Mutual Insurance. Um, I don't know, do you have high-risk insurance for people who <laughs> indulge in too much Coors Light? Do you have that? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not um, sure if they have that. Call over. Call over call to over. underwriting. I'm sure they'll like, underwriting, <laughs> they'll like that. Underwriting question. will make that happen. <laughs> and then our newest um, sponsor, Interstate Industrial Bakken Oil Field Services. Well, it is time for the Kelly Howe Agency NODAC Mutual Insurance Rewind. We are going to start with the guy who owns this joint, Kelly, 42-21, um, mm. it did not look good. Um, it was a dominant performance by the Jackrabbits. And let's try to put things in to some perspective and also turn around what went wrong and what do we need to see out of the Hawks to see a better performance. Well, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, it was – where I start my mind all the time, Matt, is offense, their offense versus our defense. You know, I just can't get over that. Like, it's, I'm trying to reconcile. I was playing back plays. You know, I'm just watching running plays. We couldn't stop the run, obviously. We were down 14 nothing before we even got off the bus. I mean, they ran right down the field. Davis looked like a man amongst boys. Yeah, man, he was – well, he was – he is a man amongst boys, but he didn't get touched either for the first seven yards. You know, then he would stiff arm a guy, and then he would drag him. You know, and it was like – Well, and later in the game, you know, we seemed like, to be able to pick it up a little better. But, yeah, second quarter, you know, we second figured quarter, it out. But here's but, the thing. I think they make adjustments. They don't do anything differently. When I've asked the coaches in the past, hey, what would you do differently? Well, they fit it up different. You know, you know how it works mm -hmm. up front. You, they just decided, hey, oh, they're blocking it like this this time. All right, we're going to fit it up differently. Well, then – but that first quarter – I was just trying to reconcile my brain. I'm going to ask Ryan later. Um, it seemed like they had a hat on all our hats. Hat on hat. They weren't doubling anyone. It seemed like everybody was tied up. And we didn't beat anybody one-on-one. -on -one. Exactly. That was my point. Like, other teams – now, see, once again, I'm just not real nuanced in the up-front up game. The other teams, do they just not get a hat on hat? like Northern Arizona when we played them or like, cause we always had a guy come through, like make a tackle or miss the tackle. What once we I started mean, slanting more, when we, we started moving and shifting our guys up front, that's when we started having success and slowing down Davis. When okay. we were going one-on-one, -on -one, we had nothing up front. Just where, mono. We might just straight mono, ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then they were just too big, too strong. And for they're us. too good. Yep. They're too good. Um, but once we started moving and started playing dynamic a little bit more, that's when we started having success and slowing down the run game, and that's when they had to start going to the air. But then, you know, we had some gaffes on our on our pass coverage too. So and uh, <clears throat> three nose tackles. Um, we used Griffin, Orlando Beach was in. They were rotating nose tackle quite yeah. heavily. Um, I don't know if you could see that, you know, in the uh, broadcast, but you could see that at the stadium. And <clears throat> you know, heavy rotation on the defensive line to try to get the right combination. Uh, just wasn't an answer last week. See, and and then so I'm watching I'm watching these plays, and 
you know, right away, obviously, take out the first drive. You know, there wasn't much resistance there. But from then on, it seemed like there was a wall. Okay, when you saw the snap, so I, what I would do is hit that 10-second back thing on ESPN. Yep. <laughs> I kept yep. hitting 10-second back. I, so the same I kept thing. I kept watching yep. it. Boom. It didn't engage. A wall there for the first second. We weren't getting blown back. We might be moved out, shoved a little bit left and right, but it seemed like there was a wall, but the linebackers would then get tied up. Or the safety wasn't getting up in there, you know, for a three-yard gain or four-yard gain. It's like everybody was being tied up all the time or not. So were they just simply man blocking? I mean, sending five blockers out uh, and tying up everyone to where our pretty much safety was the only one left? I mean, I, you know what I mean? I'm just right. trying to well, reconcile this. Because, it looked different is my point in this game. You know, a, you know? a lot of times – the only guy left was either CJ or Caden to make a yeah, make right. a play, and and, the and comment, our linebackers just kept on getting tied up. With they got to get yeah. off them. Is as simple as that. I mean, yeah, in a game I, like this. And yeah. the comment I made at the stadium <clears throat> to my son was, I said, "Trouble we're having right now." And again, this is with my middle school uh, football uh, knowledge. The trouble we're having right now. If you closed your eyes and you listened to the PA announcer as to who's making the tackles for the Fighting Hawks you know we're in trouble because it was the right. safeties making the tackles. And right. and then, you know, Matt, you mentioned some coverage um, things too. And and I think some of what happened in our in our coverage later when they started going to the air is our, our safeties were so close to the line of scrimmage. They were having to play so close in that supporting role. Yeah. And they were getting pounded. They were getting beat. Caden um, and our defensive backs were getting – they were getting pounded. And, and <clears throat> obviously, just from pure – physicality um if they're getting hit and getting pounded um time after time they just aren't made for that they're not linebackers well it's and and the coverage let's let's be fair though we made some nice plays and covered like a hembry that break of hembry on our sideline that was a hell of a i don't want to be too negative you know the the pass coverage wasn't bad in general second the yankees didn't hurt us too bad all game now they were running the ball good but they they didn't hurt us too bad all game they weren't the reason why they won the game the, no, the second drive, uh, the pass to about the 15-yard line, we had good coverage. Perfect. He dropped right. it in. Yep. We, we were there. In fact, I jumped up thinking, and again, we're, we were up at the top of the stadium, so your perspective on height is a little bit different. I jumped up thinking it's a pick oh. because the coverage was there. I got excited. He threw um, – what's our quarterback's name again? Gronowski. Gronowski threw, and I'm – Get it, pick it, pick it. Well, we didn't have a chance at a pick because he dropped it in. It was a, it was a very nice right. pass. They got the first yeah. down about the 15-yard line. So, yeah. Um, well, let's talk. Hey, before we go any further, you were probably going to bring it up. Well, the biggest, the biggest play of the game, if you're a Fighting Hawks fan, I mean, I realize it ended up 42-21, but the biggest play of the game was third and 17. Third and 17. Okay, first yeah. half, let me set the scene for you folks if you weren't watching. Three, minute, three minutes and change left in the half. Jacks are driving down there. Eh, let's call it around the 30. The UND's 30. We force, they it's get a four, holding penalty. It's 14 to 7. Yeah, it's 14 7. UND has just scored. UND only had two possessions before yeah. this in the entire right. first half. Right. And, and as so, ugly as our, our uh, first drive, two the, possessions. Our first defensive <laughs> stand, the first play, first drive of the game was it was recoverable. 100%. They figured it yeah, out. Yeah, well, second quarter was great. And, and then you go to the 3 and 17, you can yeah. finish oh, that. God. Third and 17. And setting oh. that scene, too, Kelly, they were going into the wind at that time. Right. So a field goal was not a given 
if they get to fourth. And no, it would have been over, what, 40-something. It would have been so, over 40-something yeah, into they, the wind. But so we – third and 17, they get a holding penalty. Um, I think next play we stop them short. So it's, it's third and 17, right? So we decide to drop seven, which is fine. I understand it. it, it we kept a linebacker, and I think it was McNeil was a spy on Gronowski. So he didn't take off in case they did a quarterback draw. Right. I right, think they right, were right. going to do a QB draw. Sometimes they do it. Well, I would do it with Gronowski. Right. Just run out and see if he can beat the lineman and to yeah, make the tackle. Just get the first down. Okay. Yeah. So they, but they didn't do it. They dropped back. Um, Yankee Jackson just runs straight down the seam and Siegel's trailing him. Siegel's running next to him. So it's, I don't know what we had, kind of a man under thing. I don't know what that was, a quarters look or something. But we had deep safeties, and everyone just dropped back deep, and CJ kind of ran back deep next to him, like thinking he was going to keep going, and he just curled up, and we didn't have anyone within five yards of him. Gronowski catches it, turns, steps, throws for 14. He turns and plows for four more. First down, it's like, what? Like, why, why wouldn't we be trailing at the very least man-to-man and trailing underneath him? Right. Like, okay, if you're going to drop it in the bucket, you're going to drop it over knee – over our trailing the corner in yeah, front of the safety, and the safety would have picked it off. I mean, because we had two deep. They weren't going to throw that route. And, so, I mean, it killed our momentum. Right. Oh, my and God. If we're, if we're, let's say we're on offense and we're three and, you know, 17 to go. Who are we going to try to get the ball to? Who are we throwing to? Bo Bo Bell. Bo right? <laughs> right? Who yeah. are they throwing to? Yankee, one, one of the Yankees, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean – that should have been a bit of a clue for us to be able to like play him tight or well, watch it, you know, like. Well, but you drops if he's seven going on a seamer, and you don't have anyone within five yards of. I mean, it's like it was just the concept, the 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 strate- you know, on paper, the concept was messed up because we we because if you're if you have it covered on paper, because they were if you have doubles on each side, whatever. Well, okay, well you're just lining up man man across whatever. I don't I can't I don't know what the coverage was. Like I said, it was like quarters man deep thing but um i just don't get like how that can happen it wasn't even a thing like i don't even that isn't even a coverage what they were doing well is that you know like it comes down to just our players having that you know my son and i my son's a baseball player and talking about baseball iq in different situations like what's your situation who are they going to try to go to and shouldn't we have like some guys right there at like five yards before the first down like, okay, yeah. where am I at on the field? Where are they going to try to go to? And who are they going to try to throw it to? And right. sit there. I've had the same conversation conversation with my kid. I'm like, hey, you're standing out at corner. All right. The guy across from me is five foot four. The guy in the slot, six two. Okay, what do you think they're doing? Well, right. they kept throwing down the seam to the guy in the slot. They're kicking you out wide. They're throwing your safety's five eight. You're six one landing. You're out there on a five foot three guy. Why don't you switch? Right. Just switch with that guy. Okay. Yep. They're not throwing and it to the kid who's out there. Yeah, <laughs> you just, know what I mean? It's like we got to think. Let's think a little think bit. Think on your feet. You know, make those in-game adjustments. Right. And so just like, oh, so I, I have a question um, for the two of you. It seemed like our linebackers were um, in what I would call chaos. It always seemed like they were um, sucked into the play, and then they were behind the play on, on most of the rushing downs. Yeah. Tell me what was happening there and – what you do, you know, to stop that, and you talked about hat on hat, that the Rabbits were putting a hat on a hat, um, but what do you do as a linebacking core, or what do you do schematically um, to keep um, that pivotal 
opportunities and, and make a play. Well, it, it, I couldn't tell what uh, technique our ends were in, but that plays a lot of role, big role in that. If we're in a four technique or a four eye just inside and how our DNs are fit up and our nose guard is fit up and how their blocking scheme is, and that will give – the linebackers a little bit more leverage and be able to scrape a little more cleanly. So, but from the video perspective on TV where I watched it, I couldn't tell you know where exactly what technique our ends were in, but that plays a bit huge role in that. So, so where and it looked like they were just going man up on us, and we were just losing those up front battles where we weren't able to get off blocks, we weren't positioned correctly, our DNs weren't positioned correctly to to rip into the gap, uh, see what's going on, stand up that lineman. And then our linebackers seemed as if, you know, they just fit the wrong gap a lot in that first – in those run first – Well, uh, the and run that fits. was one – Yeah, you know, that an was, issue last year. That yeah. was something yeah. Bubba said in his press conference too. <clears throat> he talked about um, filling gaps. He talked about fitting gaps. And he said, we're, we, you know, we've been watching um, the, the film. We've been watching the tape about, you know, gap – security and and what have you so well i'm pretty sure that was an issue at ndsu last year i'm pretty sure it was an issue at weber state yeah. last year and it seems to be an issue on the road against a good team who can run the ball so we gotta figure this out because we keep giving up i put my right up you know my game review i laid out the rushing yards we've given up on the road in our biggest games it's always over 250 mm-hmm. and we always lose you know and we never have the ball is well, the problem. Danny, now we haven't even talked about the offense, no, guys, so we got to get to that. We'll get you know? to that, and, yeah. and we'll flip because, uh, Kelly, you mentioned two um, possessions in the first half. Now, the one thing about the Rabbits' drives were they were methodical. They worked clock. Mm-hmm. They were happy with seven yards, seven yards, seven yards. They didn't go for the big play. They were keeping the Hawks' offense off the field. Part of the first half, um, you know, we're going to whine on and on and on and on about the new uh, rules, which which limit plays. Um, the Hawks ran 18 plays in the first half, 18, <laughs> 18 plays in the first half. And you, you look at that and you say that takes the Hawks out of their game because the Hawks game is to gain momentum through their creative high powered offense. Right. Correct. They had no rhythm. Absolutely. And, but that second drive was good. Mm-hmm. First drive, you know, I didn't, I, that was a bad one, but um, second drive, they only had two, but um, was good. Yep. It was a methodical methodical thing. Kept moving the chains, came up with some plays. It was tough. You know, they Jacks didn't make it easy, but yeah, they got finally got in the end zone, pounded it in finally after a long drive of their own and you know, it was but yeah, they're a rhythm offense. You know, Dan and and e- what people don't talk about enough is uh offensive coordinator. There's a rhythm there too. Mm-hmm. Offense coordinators are rhythm play callers. Oh yeah, you're Boom. setting. Oh, up. I'm in it. I'm you're, in you're it. Yep. Setting, you're setting yep. your big play up two plays before you. Right, and, and it's yeah, oh it's, god, we got this going. Okay, this has yep, to work. This, this is going to work. There. I'm yeah. watching for it. Yep, that type of thing. And Jesus is feeling good. Let's just run. Boom, you know. And you're not. You're you're smiling up there. You're just things are going. Right, right, when right. things are going bad, you're staring at too many plays. You're looking at your sheet. You're looking at too many things. You're yeah. wondering if this were wondering, 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 right? Yeah. And you're you're not in a rhythm. The, the the offense senses it. Your players sense it. They're not in a rhythm. The offensive line doesn't get in a rhythm. They can't get a handle on the defensive line what they're doing. You know what the game plan was defensively, because the offensive line picks that up themselves. They're like, okay, here's what they're gonna do. This kid's good. This kid's the weak link. This kid's okay. You know, and they start to they start to adjust their game up front, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's 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 a, all works together, but 
Sun Saturday, I mean, it was just frustrating because nothing, nothing seemed to work other than what one one drive, and that was about it. I mean, we gave yeah. up forty two again, and well, yeah, I mean, offensively, you know, we got to let you talk on it, Matt. But uh, yeah, we got to get into the offense because that wasn't well oh. in the in the pregame or the preview last week. We talked, you know. Uh, I made the point that we have to have a good inside zone game and uh, we tried it. It just was not as effective as, um, as we needed it to be. We had some success in the second quarter in that, in that drive, you know, we were moving, uh, I think, um, who was it? Uh, You know, four or five yards a carry. Um, I think Isaiah uh, was shut down early in the game a little bit, but yeah, um, He's been quiet. I want to talk yeah. about personnel <clears throat> a little bit in, in in the backfield. It seems like Gavin Zebarth, um, you know, is is filling the role of our power runner and and filled that nicely on Saturday. We didn't go to Isaiah. I wonder um, Isaiah's health uh, is concerned because he came out. We didn't use him early, and we did not it, use Luke Skokna until second half. Yeah, it looked like Isaiah's uh, you know ankle might have been. Or you know, is it his ankle? That's yep. yeah. yeah, yeah. It looked because when we were on the what three yard line, uh, it just didn't look like he had the forward power that he normally yep. does. So because yeah. um, he, he got we got stuffed. Yeah, yeah. You know, screen game. Screen get game. Get the screen game. Going Super fast. Like get him out in open yeah. space. He's but, not. Uh, he's not the same know. at all this year. Like, isn't producing the same. I think he's the same player, but things are just different right now. You know, with the with Skokna coming back yeah. and thinking he's, we're just not getting what we had last year out of him with Hoosman, the one, two punch. So yeah, that's interesting to see if they get him going this weekend. I know, I know they're aware of it. I know they're aware he's, you know, he rolled his ankle, but still there, he's not getting the run that he had and he's a game breaker. He is. Right. So let's, let's try to well, maybe, it, I, I'm <clears> thinking <throat> you see more screens coming up. They're you, just your typical. You might see more you know. screens or you might see Red Wilson in the backfield. If, if Isaiah mm-hmm. can't go in again, these, uh, folks, these are not criticisms. When I saw Isaiah come out of the locker room, um, last man out, and I'm going, I just don't know if he's healthy. Right. You know. And then they were very conservative in um, their use of Isaiah. And it's a long season, folks. We're four games into this. You got seven, seven to roll. You know, this is a critical piece of your offense. So even though it was the biggest game of the year, you got to be smart about how you're using um, some of these players when oh, yeah. when they're. It's a long, yeah, right. It's a long, season. Uh, it's a long so. season. And we haven't got to Tommy yet. Um, he didn't play his best game again. You know, he he. That's two games in a row. You know, he hasn't played his best. And it, I mean, there. Was, having said that, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of opportunities. They didn't early. give him a lot. The, you know, and the Jacks right. didn't give him a lot right. either. They underneath. They didn't give us anything over the top until uh, Trey's drive. They gave right. us things over the top. Um, there were a lot of ones in there yet, if folks are wondering. I'll never use the term that most people call when the, when the game is over and you're getting reps in for people. I'll, I refuse to use that term because mm. whenever you step out in the field, if you have that attitude, you, you're going to get your bell rung. Mm. Um, we all know what that term is. Um, but the thing is, in, in Trey's drive, they did give us some things over the top. There were still a lot of ones yeah. in there. In fact, the Jacks played ones. Um, quite a ways. Um, did it surprise me? No, um, because quite frankly, it's early in the season. They're still learning things too. And the other thing is, you got to remember in FCS football, style points count. Right. And that's what happens <clears throat> in FCS football. It always comes down Bowls. to that. It always comes down to points and point spreads because when you have playoffs and you have 
seeds and whatever else style points count. And the Jacks were still uh, scoring late, and they were still trying to hold the the Hawks down. Yeah, no, they were they were just they were just better than us. And you know, I'm looking at Tommy, 19 of 24. So it wasn't like he was off and he was terrible. I mean, that's pretty good. 19 of 24. The problem is he only threw for 118 yards. We just you know, and that's it was dink and doink. I mean, it's five yards, five yards a yeah. You know, five yards a pass average, that's really small. You know, and it's probably not going to beat the Jacks as long on the day was 19. It has, but now he ran, he ran a little bit. He needed to probably run more, you know, is the point. It's, yeah, he's, he, I need a bounce back from Tommy here. That's two games that we haven't seen production out of him that we're used to. Haven't seen winning production. Yep. So, and we hopefully we'll see that this weekend. We have an opponent that, um, is is a little underbanned right now. We never overlook any opponent. We're going to preview that in the 360 game preview. Um, before we take a look around the Missouri Valley Football Conference, a couple big stories there uh, as well that we will get to. But, um, folks, we haven't commented at all, and I'm waiting for you guys to ask me about the game day atmosphere down in Brookings because yeah, it was – what you think? Oh, it was my first trip to Dykehouse Stadium since it's been redone. I, I, I hate to – Admit that there's only been one Fighting Hawks trip because we're we're new uh, essentially to the Missouri Valley Football Conference. I, I give them an A, and if they had more restrooms, I'd give them an A plus. It it's fantastic, folks. The game day atmosphere. You pull up. Um, there's people everywhere. They don't. The, the tailgating is spread out throughout campus through little pockets of campus, which is much better than one large tailgating spot. They have different themes in places. They got bands playing. They have music. I'm going to say something, and you guys can chuckle and laugh if you want, but it reminded me of Lincoln. It reminded me of the game day atmosphere in Lincoln. You park. um, They don't park you in the field anymore like they used to in the days when they didn't have the same capacity. They direct you to campus parking lots. You walk through campus, which is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, So much green space. The only thing I worry about, uh, if anybody's considering South Dakota State, is wear a warm parka because there's a lot of in between in between in the winters (laughs) but the campus is absolutely gorgeous green space people greeting you all the way best fans best fcs fans in america sorry north fargo you guys don't even come close and the thing is i'm going to take a hit for that because i live here they haven't they haven't won enough yet to to turn into that to turn into that but best fans in (laughs) america coming though Um, guys, it was a full Maybe. house. I don't know. Maybe, uh, the amenities at Dyke House are incredible. They've got a merch shop um, underneath the uh, home uh, section that rivals uh, FBS schools. It, it's just fantastic. And like I said, the only the only drawback they need more restrooms. The bathroom lines were long, and you know, pardon the TMI, but you, when you finally get into a restroom. You got four urinals there, and guys, we all know that any joint that has four urinals after you've been standing in line that long, you go, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so whoever designed, um, let's find a way to get some more bathrooms in there. Right. Um, and here's the other thing, Fighting Hawk fans. Their beer is $2 cheaper than ours, so even even so, their domestics hmm. are 7 bucks. ours are 9 And, you know, that's important for a game day <laughs> experience. But it, it is second to none. Um, humble. On the way in, the fans humble, welcoming on the way in, the fans humble and encouraging on the way out. It's a good, good fan base. So there good. you go. Yeah, it seems, okay. seems like it. That's good yeah. to hear. Couldn't yeah. agree more. I watched it in Sioux Falls and uh, in the Buffalo Wild Wings, and, you know, yeah. there's a bunch of Jackrabbits fans, and 
you know, certainly not the same atmosphere that you get watching a game in North Fargo. I'll well, and, and we get, and, and again, <laughs> I, you know, I hate to, I've lived here for 20 some years. I love living in, in the metro um, where I live when, you know, and that, and it's the five percenters, guys. I, I'm not talking about the 95 percent. I talked about the five percenters, the bloviators um, that patronize when they talk to you about football and they come from a holier now the jacks are the jack fans are genuinely happy to see you there and have a conversation with you so um it was fantastic guys let's take a look around the missouri valley football conference and before we look at this week what's happening in the conference how about the big story in and out of north fargo with bob and the coyotes coming in and knocking off the bison on homecoming buick bob shows up <laughs> Shows up. He, he, <laughs> reached, his. he reached out and touched uh, someone. Yeah, there there's go. an old phone. There's an old phone. We uh, never let that go, do we? Should be slamming Buicks there, Kelly. Right, I know. <laughs> my, my Lucerne, souped up Lucerne out there. Yep, I know. Drove it again today. So, um, yeah, they pretty much, I caught parts of it, you know, off and on. They pretty much controlled that thing. I mean, Start I don't know, to start finish. to finish. Yeah, it was. It was really never in doubt, or their dominance in the game was never in doubt. I don't know. It was pretty – NDSU looked lethargic. They looked slow. Their their defense didn't look – now I'm sure when they show up at the Alaris Center, they're going to be, you know, full of piss and vinegar flying all over the field. But they look slow. I mean, like, you even watch that, that uh, um, bubble, whether it's Carter Bell or, or – Martins or whoever Carter Bell I thought it was, but the quick bubble they threw for the long touchdown, threw it sideways. <laughs> he takes off running down the sideline. All and all USD had to do was block one guy. They blocked the corner, and he was gone down the sideline. Nobody nobody even came within five yards of him. I don't know what that happened. I mean, that was my play right there. I'm like, whoa, like what happened here? I mean, that that's a, obviously a scheme issue number one for that mm-hmm. type of play. But the hustle and the speed, nobody was even in the picture chasing the kid. The kid was just gone down the sideline. You know, you don't ever see that. Yeah, I, I caught maybe the fourth quarter. We got after uh, Jack's baseball game. We got back, watched the end of the UND game. And we had both both screens on. And, yeah, I have to agree that it just wasn't – they weren't the team that usually shows up in the Fargo Dome. And, right. you know, gosh, US, hats off to USD because – they were fired up and they were still playing hard to the fourth quarter. And, and they just, they were trying, it seemed like NDSU was trying to overcompensate and like they had false enthusiasm, you know, you know, oh, that kind yeah. of false, you well, know, like, they're, like, Oh my God, we're about to lose. Uh, so let's try yeah, to act Matt, like we're the fourth quarter hard. usually belongs to the bison. Let's face they it. Do. That's yeah, where so they do. They come through. It was unfamiliar. Well, territory. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Here's what people need to realize They're Watch their offense. They're running a spread now. They're looking over at the sideline for an adjustment. I've seen them do that. Okay, that's a thing. It's a thing around the country, right? Get lined up, check the defense out, look over at your coach to see if there's a new play coming in. They didn't do that once in the history of their program. Right. Okay, now all of a sudden they're having to do this. They lined up and so, kicked yeah, your butt. They just ran whatever play they, they wanted what to call. They wanted to right? run. That was their that was their <clears throat> SOP. And this is what we're going to do. Here's the pro- their O line isn't as good. Yeah, that's their issue. So now they can't just maul people. So now they actually have to run normal football plays and like think. You can't just run the ball on third and five anymore. It's- 
and get it. So you can against a lot of teams, but against the best, you can't. Right. Let's put it that way. And that's yep. a change in philosophy for them. So, I mean, that's going to be tough. It might be tough for them. Oh, it's, now he has to call no, plays oh like every God, other right, offensive right. coordinator in America. It's not right. fullback you anymore. So. Yeah, their schedule. they got a tough schedule ahead of them. Let's right. talk about the other uh, big game in the Missouri Valley last week, other than the two that we've already covered, and that is – Northern Illinois beating Youngstown State and staying in the conversation, which sets up this week, Southern Illinois and Youngstown. Southern might have a knockout punch to Youngstown State yeah. if they can beat them. Youngstown yeah. needs – They need a win. They thought they are going to be pretty good this year, but they better get that. And Southern Illinois always drops. You know, they're, they're, they're is, due to drop. I thought Youngstown. it might be last week. It's at yeah. Youngstown. They but, always drop but Northern one. Iowa yep. stays in the conversation. It could have yep. been a knockout punch. For the Panthers, they stay in the conversation with what yeah. is a big win over Youngstown. <clears throat> Hold on, that was a wild one because it, it was they were controlling. It was like thirty-seven twenty-seven, I think. The Panthers at one point in the fourth, even maybe, and all of a sudden, what it end forty-four forty-one. I mean, it just got crazy at the end there. And yeah, Youngstown can put up points, but I, I thought they from from the reading I did, they never win in at the Uni Dome ever. They lose every time. So it's not unbelievable that they didn't win it, but this year was the year they thought they were going to win it. Yeah. You know, go in there and get this one. So. And they, they got a lot of people back, too. I mean, it's a, no, they're, they're a good team. Right. Didn't we pick yeah. them to be like third or fourth in the conference? I think, yeah. yeah I mean, there. I would say <clears> they were a legit was, fourth, but yeah. now it's, now it's well, Southern Illinois is about third. Yeah, I mean, so it's kind of shifted itself quick here. But, yeah, that game with Southern Illinois is a big one. That's a big one. Other games coming up. North Dakota State travels to a scary Missouri State right now. The Bears. Interesting. A little scary right now. They're scoring uh, scoring a lot of points. Uh, Murray State at South Dakota. Uh, we mentioned Southern mm-hmm. Illinois at Youngstown State. Uh, the Rabbits go to Illinois State. Um, and, you know, the Rabbits, um, are we all playing for second place? That's what a lot of people are questioning but you know depending on um sometimes when the rabbits go on the road you never know uh the mm-hmm. red birds play well at home and uh, well, the rabbits have a tough schedule left the, too. see the thing is illinois state if, i think they're similar to what they always are boring offense yep. big physical them. defense big physical now defense. they can match up up front with south dakota state they can battle they can you know they'll have a plan to battle I just don't know how if they'll be able to score much, but you never know. I mean, if they they can like randomly, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I was watching it. Oh, so boring. They were so bad. They were just <laughs> the offense was terrible. All of a sudden, they throw a bomb down the middle, touchdown, like sixty yard bomb. I'm like, oh, see, they they just that, but that's all they can do. They can't like lull just you to look sleep great. A little bit, right. and then yeah, lull whoops. you to sleep with terrible <laughs> plays. What the thing, and then all of a sudden they hit you with a bomb. <laughs> then they go three and out four times. You know, it's like. It's a weird offense to Quite watch. Quite the long game. In the yeah, game. right. <laughs> and then so. rounding out the Missouri Valley Football Conference schedule, Northern Iowa is at Indiana State. This week's Development Homes 360 guest is Midco Sports football analyst and former Fighting Sioux linebacker Ryan Kosowski. Coach Kosowski, welcome to football three, UND Football 360. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate you guys having me on here. And, uh, you know, I, I got to say, as you as you get a little bit older, you start to ask yourself, you know, did I make a difference? Do people remember me? And apparently the answer is no, because my own broadcast partner didn't get my number right on this uh, on this show. 44 was what he said. So uh, I got to give him a little grief. About <laughs> no, that. he didn't. Yeah. And, he, and the one thing, we gave him grief, too. And when Brian was on, we gave him grief because he wasn't even in the same zip code. I mean, if he says 24, 21, he wasn't even close, Coach. Right. 
44. Come on, Brian. We gotta be better than that. Yeah, even, yeah, that was right when I heard that. My head dropped, just embarrassed for him. You know, you gotta, you gotta know. So, no, but hey, before we get into this, Ryan, let's talk some East Grand Forks Greenway football. Doing a heck of a job over there, obviously. I mean, it's been people are starting to figure it out. You've turned that program around. You know, what what year are you in now? Yeah, this is my uh, my tenth year as the as the head coach over here. So yeah, I, I appreciate that, Kelly. It's been uh, it's been a blast. We've got a really we got a really talented group this year, and um, you know we're sitting at four and one right now. We had a, a tough one point loss to Little Falls, but yeah, just blessed to have good players, good coaches, and uh, you definitely love what I do. So well, the positivity is just up on that side of the town too, and you know mm-hmm. the donors you've been. You've been getting donors for things. The locker room you have is beautiful. The uniforms you have—I mean, everything you get—you've done over there to accelerate that program, I guess. And now, I mean, it's showing up on the field. And you know, it probably you would have taken that next step last year if you hadn't got hosed in the Fargo Dome. I don't know if you remember that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that one—that uh, uh, one's story mind. Right? in the wound. <laughs> That's just like a great brother-in-law. Huh? I don't know, dude. Come on. Oh, I sent him the, just for everyone to know, I was watching it on TV. I was out hunting and I was watching it on TV that night. And I remember you could see the guy get in, you know, you could see the receiver get interfered with, you know, face guarded. And I jumped, we were, we were actually filming, someone was filming it with their phone because we knew it was the play of the game. It was the end of the game. And I jumped up. He had him hit her. I mean, I'm jumping. I'm screaming at the TV, looking around. Everyone's looking on the – we're all looking on the turf for the flag. Like, where's the flag? Somebody threw it. Somebody threw it, right? Right? They threw it. Oh, God, they didn't throw it on my head, right? And then, if I recall, Ryan, you had a hell of a quality hat spike on the side <laughs> sideline after that one, right? I'll tell you, I, I really thought I could post myself really well for that situation. My, my hat almost went into the stands, but I, I was able to – accurately get it to, to at least stay in the uh the field of play where we could pick it up after the game but yeah heartbreaker uh heartbreaker for our kids and you know that's uh those those officials have a tough job we know that and but yeah if you look at our last two losses there by a combined two points so um you know we're we're definitely uh we're in every game which is good to good to be in but yeah our, our losses have definitely been heartbreakers so far well and that's what i was gonna say i, I was gonna say leading you know that that loss is kind of where you should have even taken that step, you know, if they'd have called it and it would have worked out, you'd have taken that for another step last year. And it seems like this year, now your kids are building off that. And, you know, you have the one point loss and you could have won that one. So sitting at four and one, it seems like the program's on, you know, a heck of a trajectory and the numbers, numbers are up and they're building. And yeah, we just wanted to, you know, just wanted to talk about that before we get into UND football, because you're doing a heck of a job over there. But transitioning to our game this weekend homecoming um hawks sitting at two and two ryan um you know we've been we've been doing the show for a little bit before we had you on and it seems i don't know what are your thoughts right now because it was just the first two were real real good real methodical nice victories over you know a poor team and a what's turning out to be a decent nau team but the last two i don't know they have a scratch in our heads a little bit what do you what are your thoughts yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, um, you know, like you said, that NAU win is starting to, to look, you know, more important uh, as it goes on. But, you know, I think this is this is realistically probably where 
you know, a lot of us thought this team would be, would be at two and two. And, you know, I think the, 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 the frustrating part has been how these last two have looked. Um, you know, you go back to that Boise State game and, you know, if you want to win those games, you just, you, you can't have the kind of errors that, that North Dakota had. And I'm a defensive guy, so I'll talk, you know, I'll, I'll talk defense, but, you know, the, the first interception that ended up being a, a Boise State touchdown and then the second dropped interception that, you know, probably would have gone in the end zone for, for six, you know, that changes the whole trajectory of that game, um, you know, and then just, there was really just no flow after that. And, um, you know, but that was a game that, you know, again, if you fix some things here and there, it probably is closer than, than it showed. And then, you know, last week I went down to that game too in Brookings and, you know, me and a couple of my assistant coaches. And the, the first thing we said was, man, look at that offensive line. I mean, it's just, that is uh South Dakota state's got a good thing going down there. And, you know, I know Joel did some different things and tried to change some things up and, you know, scheme wise, but I mean, they are, they are, they are without a doubt the best team in the country. I mean, it, it is just, they're head and shoulders above everybody. And, um, you know, that was a, it was a frustrating game, a tough game. I know offensively we couldn't get much going either. And um, it was just one of those games that, you know, I, I think from the start, North Dakota struggled stopping the run. And then, uh, you know, South Dakota State is just able to do so many things with their, with their playmakers. So tough one there, but I, I know that this team is, is, is good because they're not going to listen to the outsiders. They're not going to listen to everybody else's opinion. They're going to, they're going to stick together and they're going to stay strong. And, you know, I know that they're going to be hungry to get out there and get back in front of their home crowd this week against Western Illinois. Ryan, it's Matt. Uh, glad to have you on and sorry that you're Kelly Howe's brother-in-law. That's uh, kind of an unfortunate uh, turn of events in your life. The first time he's there, heard yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know if you want to say it on air, but I'd love to hear some embarrassing stories. I got a couple of my own, Kelly. So, yeah. Um, well, don't we all, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are my younger days, yeah, right, guys. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we, we covered a little bit, and you touched on it, Ryan, in our uh, Rewind segment that you know, that offensive line. And we talked a little bit run fits and, you know, you're a linebacker guy and, and uh, were you Sam or Will linebacker, Ryan? Well, you know, my first couple of years I was at inside, so I was playing the will and then I moved to outside and I was playing the buck for the final uh, three years. Okay. Z- uh, so we're ta- terminology, we call it the buck here in high school, yeah. but yeah, it's Zeke and your guys are in the UND terminology. Sure. Yep. Right with you. Um, so we talked a little bit about run fits and, and, you know, what, what we need to do up front just to slow some of these, uh, bigger, bigger old lines down. And, you know, they're not going to get any, you know, it might get a little easier, but we're going to have some good opponents coming up here. What's UND got to do up front? Uh, what, what do we need to change if anything, or, or is it just a matter of just showing up and just beating guys one-on-one? Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's what it comes down to, too. And I, I, I think that was probably the the helpless feeling that, that you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not trying to speak for Joel, but I'm sure that's kind of what he felt, too, was it was almost like, you know, no matter what they did, whether it was shifting the D-line or whether it was slanting or, or doing whatever they, you know, were trying to do to, you know, sometimes they were just getting beat. And, uh, you know, I think always in this 3-4, you've got to be able to, you know, demand a double team and, and do that kind of stuff. And the nose has got to be able to two-gap and, you know, but when they're able to run, you know, stretch plays and, you know, they've got, you know, that Isaiah Davis is such a good back that, you know, he's able to read, um, you know, cut back on some of those plays and, you know, and then, and you've got to be able to keep your linebackers free as well so that they can flow and, uh, and get to ball carriers and do that kind of stuff. So, 
um, you know, it's, it's definitely not an easy task. I know, uh, you know, South Dakota state really prides themselves on being able to, to do that and dominate up front. And, um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, Joel will have some things up his sleeve though, too, to be able to, to try and combat some of that stuff and just try and get guys to go to the, go to the football and make sure their assignment's sharp and not getting washed down and, uh, doing some of that stuff. So, you know, not an easy task against the South Dakota state or, or teams like that. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be something they have to address and have to continue to work on. Hey, Ryan, you talked about freeing up linebackers. And um, when we were discussing this on the show and, and off air, we kind of said, well, it seemed like it was hat on hat all game. I kept re- replaying it, you know, later in the night, I, I turned it on, replayed some stuff. It seemed like there would be a wall there someplace. Defensive line didn't do too bad, you know, man on man. There be a, didn't get pushed down too far down the field, whatever, you know, decent wall. But it seemed like everybody was occupied, like inside linebackers, outside linebackers, three defensive linemen. There was rarely early, I guess, in the game. I mean, it, it, we adjusted well, but I don't know. Did you pick up on that? Like, were they just man, hat on hat, not doubling anyone and just getting out on, you know, Pedigo, Kelly, McNeil, getting out, having a guy for each of them. And to the point where we weren't left with anybody free technically and it would pretty much was up to somebody beating their man yeah i i would agree with that kelly i really would and that's you know that that's that's the challenge up front and it's not easy because you only got three you've got the three d linemen and if if they're not having to double team or having to do that stuff then immediately they can get up field and get on those linebackers and then all of a sudden you're on second level and you know with the backs that they have it's you know that's a dangerous combination and, and that's the thing about south Dakota state is you know, not only are those linemen big, but they can move, you know, they're fast and they can get out there and get on guys. And, um, you know, that's what I saw too, Kelly. I, I agree hundred percent was just the fact that they were able to, to get a hat on hat. And then after that, your running back just gets to, gets to read and gets to pick the, the spot that they want to cut up on. And, you know, that's why, I mean, it just seemed like every carry was like six yards because it was just, you know, they were, they were right on our guys and, you know, not much we could do. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it was one of those games that you know they they're very good at what they do, and they flex their muscles there. Right, correct. Um, well, fast forwarding this weekend, you got Western Illinois coming into town. Um, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the Leathernecks? Um, I know I know they're zero and four, but uh, is this a game? I mean, in my mind, it's a game. It's more about UND, I guess. I don't know. Or is it, do you focus on Western Illinois if you're the UND staff, or do you focus on what you can take care of at home in front of a raucous crowd? Yeah, no, this is all, this is 100% about, you know, North Dakota being North Dakota and, and making sure they get back on track here and start to be like they were the first couple of weeks, you know, offensively getting a rhythm, getting drives together, you know, sustaining, sustaining drives, and then defensively, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, you're, you're pursuing to the ball and you're, you're just doing the little things. And, you know, I think Tom Miller's done a really good job this week of bringing up in the press conference about just being a trap game, right? I mean, making sure that, you know, you don't overlook this team because, you know, the players have said it, anybody in the Missouri Valley can beat anybody on any given day if you don't bring it. So, you know, I think that's, uh, that's the mindset of this team is, is just going out, playing their best football, getting back on track and, you know, this team's still got a lot to play, but this is a confident group. And again, I don't think they're going to listen to everybody outside saying, wow, 
maybe they're not as good as, well, I don't think the team believes that. I think the team believes that, you know, everything's still in front of them. They're still a really good football team that have played two really good opponents. And, you know, I think you see North Dakota get back on track this weekend and, and uh, you know, start to play like they did the first two weeks. Ryan, thank you for joining us uh, on UND Football 360. We sure enjoy your coverage, uh, you along with Brian, Sean, uh, the entire Midcoast sports team. And probably the highest compliment we can give you is when, when you watch the coverage when the Hawks are on the road and we have to listen to the road broadcast team. We know what quality Midco right. and you and Brian bring us. So we thank you for that. Have a great call Saturday. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to have me on. I appreciate it. Ryan Kosowski was this week's Development Homes 360 guest. Development Homes, since 1974, has been empowering the person and impacting the community with residential, transitional, and vocational support services. Get involved. You can become a volunteer. Log on to developmenthomes.org. When we come back, because we need a break, that was a jam-packed segment one. The guys are whipped after the break. We're going to have our Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview, the Hail Mary quiz, Kelly and Matt's picks. 1 p.m. kickoff, it's homecoming versus Western Illinois. Get yourself out to the Alaris this weekend. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. This is Mike Deutsch, and you're listening to UND Football 360. Welcome back. Segment two, UND Football 360. We got Western Illinois on the schedule this week for homecoming. So we had famous, three famous men from Illinois and a famous man from North Dakota, former All-American or always All-American, Mike Deutsch. And I always think, because I'm old school, when you think about who exemplifies North Dakota football, you got to say Mike Deutsch. 100%. Power. You know, the, uh, power. Was he the power back? He was I, the power back and his brother <laughs> right? was the... Brother was the speed. Remember okay. seeing, you know, I think it was All-American, what, two, three, t- through two, three yeah. years in a row, looking yeah. at the Hall of Fame board, going about, into about the hit. 72 through 74 um, was his time. And, and then he went on to be an official, and he commanded Anyone? respect. Anyone live in town here? He lives right yep. here in town. Yep, yep. correct. Yep. He's got, his family lives in town. His grandchildren are in town. I see Mike every once in a while. He doesn't, obviously, retired from officiating. But he commanded respect, and folks – Here's what I always remember about him. First down with the fist, not pointing with his hand out when it was a first down. There and we commanded go. it, first down. Mike Deutsch, uh, great to have Mike bring us back. And, Matt, you're probably wondering um, how I got that uh, recording of Abe Lincoln. And Matt and Kelly's probably wondering um, how, who that guy was. <laughs> and what that speech was. So anyway, um, but yeah, we uh, had a little fun with it there. And folks, we are um, we are heading into the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. Uh, 
our Fighting Hawks take on Western Illinois, the Leathernecks, to, uh, this Saturday at 1 p.m. It is the fourth all-time meeting between the two, and uh, UND holds a 3 nothing um, series lead on that. And as we said in the open, this is the curtain call for Western Illinois on uh, their Missouri Valley football conference schedule. They go into the Ohio Valley conference next week. Well, let's guys, I got a great, um, we got a lot to cover in this 360 game preview, but I got a little Hail Mary quiz um, for you that I want to get to. And uh, <clears throat> as you know, the Hail Mary quiz, the questions are impossible. The prizes are ridiculous. And what, if either one of you can come up with the answer to today's Hail Mary quiz, um, you win a round trip on Jefferson bus lines to Macomb, Illinois. Um, you're just going to get right back on the bus. Can't wait. And head back to Fargo. You're walk right around back. a little bit. You're going to walk around a little bit and head back because we don't have, this is this, the, the budget for this show. We don't have any meal money. We got bus money, so we can't fly either. But, you know, there is a very, very rich, history of football at Western Illinois. They've been struggling as of late, um, but if you look at who their NFLers have, they have probably had more NFLers than anybody mm -hmm. in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Some names familiar, some not familiar. Rodney Harrison of Chargers and Patriots. Yeah, he uh, was fame. <coughs> he was pretty cool. He on, was a leatherneck on uh, Monday night. Yeah, he had a bad. He had a bad Jesus, week. Didn't he? Rodney idiot. might. Rodney might want to be on recorded like we are, where you can, <laughs> right. where you can take off your bad moments Jeez. if you need to. And some people are out there saying, Shannon, you actually edit your bad moments? Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> you should hear what comes out that, been, that doesn't yeah, make right. the show. We're one-take wonders lately. Though. We are right. lately. Yeah. We haven't taken much out. Uh, here's another one, Brian Cox, Dolphins Patriots, oh, yeah. was, yeah. was a leatherneck. Um, this one, they're claiming this guy, um, but I've got a story behind it. Don Beebe. Really? Don Beebe oh, started okay. with the yep. leathernecks, um, but... Thunder Lake Lodge, every summer, the BBs have a family oh, reunion nice at Thunder up? Lake Lodge. Oh, fantastic. Oh, really? oh, so there's a, there's a tie to our, our sponsor. Um, here's a tie to our host. Uh, Don Beebe played for Shadron State. Shadron okay. State is now a Division II program, has been for about yeah. 25 years, maybe 30 years. Um, back in the day, they were an NAIA program. And on a trip... To Shadron, Don Beebe returned a touchdown against the Jimmies, and the kicker was yours truly. Really, Don Beebe. Same field. You didn't. Uh, you didn't run him down. I didn't run him down. You know, I, I caught a lot of hell. Raleigh Greeno, I, I caught a lot of hell. Um, Need a little more I, idea there. I was the safety, which is really sad. Um, <laughs> no, actually, I went down in coverage because I was slow as molasses. We had a safety. But, no, Don, Don ran one back right. against us. Our coach was very upset. Uh, the game came down to the final. Uh, Shadron ended up beating us. Um, and Don Beebe, of course, went to a very, very – uh, long and famous career in the NFL, primarily with the Buffalo Bills. Here is this week's Hail Mary quiz. A gentleman who played for the Leathernecks ended up coaching in the NFL for four seasons. Robert Miller. Robert Miller coached in the NFL. What team did Robert Miller coach in the NFL? Do you have a guess, Falcons. Matt? Falcons, Kelly. Do you have a guess? Bears. You are both wrong, <sighs> and it's a generational thing. I apologize. <laughs> Robert Miller is better known as Red Miller. Does that help? Red Miller. Negative. 
Doesn't help. <laughs> All right. Red Miller was the coach of the Denver Broncos from 1977 through 1980. He coached in Super Bowl twelve. They lost to Dallas. Mm. Red Miller was the coach when the Broncos were dubbed the Orange Crush in 1977. Oh, okay. nice. Again, I forget how young my colleagues yeah. are. Well, um, I thought it was going to go back to one of those defunct AFL teams. Oh, no, no, Red Miller. Um, Red <laughs> Miller. Like I'm just, stallions. Yeah. Guys, look up. Look like up the SDSU picture. question. Well, ni- 1937 right. was the last Here, Here's the thing. He was in the Don Coriel. You know who Don Coriel is. Yeah. San Diego. Chargers. Yeah. Chargers. Fouts. He and Don Coriel were, were contemporaries. And here's the thing I remember about Red Miller. Red Miller on the sidelines always looked like he was attending a football game at South Dakota State at Dykehouse Stadium. He had to go, couldn't get into the restroom, and still had to go when the second half started. Right. He always looked like he had to go to the bathroom. So look it up. See some of the old film. Um, but it was Red Miller. Um, <laughs> All right, guys, uh, fourth all-time meeting. We got Western Illinois in for what could be the final time, unless it's a non-conference game. Um, We are in the middle of the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. And, folks, if it's good enough for the BB family, it's good enough for you. We're we're, uh, heavily into fall right now. The leaves are turning. Um, the, The birds are flying. There's a lot of hunting going on. And it is never too early to get your ice fishing tour set up with Thunder Lake Lodge in Reamer. 100%. It's a great time to be in northern Minnesota. Uh, Craig does a really great job. I've stopped at his place a couple times. Um, Just make sure to book early. It fills up fast. And uh, get your butts up to to Thunder Lake Lodge. They still got people coming in. Do they? Yeah. Awesome. It's been a good year. So, Oh, yeah, we got to get, but more importantly, guys, we got to get a homecoming win. UND has not won a game for about a month now. Let's, let's look at the calendar. Yeah. It's been September yeah. 9th was their three, last win. It's October 4th. Week in there. Yeah. So three it's going to be October Almost 7th. Three, three and a half weeks, yeah. yeah so well, game to game, yeah, it'll be a month. We need to win. We need to win bad. And uh, Western Illinois certainly should be a win if we don't win this one. Boy. Yeah. We have to do some soul searching, I think, if we don't get next this Next week's show is not going to be good. No tell you that much but uh this is the exact replay of 2021 we played them at homecoming 2021 so same game same time of the year we won that one 34 to 10 and uh we had I, so i went back and looked at refresh my memory on that one we had 607 yards of offense in that game ran for 261 threw for 348 i think tommy went big in that one um this is pretty much a replay of that i mean we'll get into the we'll get into the details here of western illinois but matt um is this this is more about und to 100%, me. yeah 100 percent. we have two losses on the road now yep. um games that we felt that should have been a little bit mm-hmm. closer and that we had potential to, to win those games we need to get some swagger back um and that comes from within our locker room nothing that Western Illinois is going to do or not do. Uh, it has to come from us, and we have to set the tone and, and challenge ourselves this week. You know, when these guys go out and right. practice, I'm hoping that these guys are, you know, they're they're a little pissed off that we lost against SDSU and that they get back at it, and it has to come from within. And, okay, now we have the rest of the season to prove how good we are. Right. And, and that has to start with this game. 
Yeah, it's got to start. It's just, yep, you got you to gotta flush the flush first who's sitting at two and two. You know, seven and four is obviously the magic number. Mm-hmm. You got to be, you got to be that or better to make the playoffs. And this is one that, you know, it has to be a win, obviously. And it's more about you. UND usually bounces back just fine. I mean, if anything we've seen over the years, they don't, they usually don't get beat twice in a row the last time. I mean, the only time I remember it is when NDSU beat them in that one two years ago, that blood, blood bath up at, yeah, at the Alaris mm-hmm. Center. And then the next week we had nothing left, you know, no juice because yeah. they, because they left it all on the field, and I understood that. And they right. really – the game was only like – it wasn't even – it was a two-score two game down in South Dakota. But they just couldn't get anything going, no juice. They usually don't get beat beat, beat twice in a row, certainly by themselves. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So um, I expect a big bounce back in front of a, you know, a raucous homecoming crowd. It's always fun. Yeah, always it's always good a full house on homecoming. Yep, so, so it'll be fine. Um, Western Illinois 0-4. Um, like they typically are, but they've they battled a bit this year. They've been it hasn't been like it hasn't been like Indiana State where they you know a team they will get blown out or something. They battle and it just gets away from them mm-hmm. over the course of the game. But they can score. So if you want to, I mean, there should be some fireworks in this one, folks. Okay, quarterback Matt Morrissey, what I got six four two twenty three from Northern Iowa, transfer from Northern Iowa. He is slinging it around. They stand out there in the gun. They'll run him a little bit. That, but uh, he stands back there, and they can't run. Let's get that off the right now. Western Illinois cannot run the football to save their life, and they know it, and they don't even try. Like, I think they're averaging 13, tw- 27 yards a game uh, rushing. Against SUU last week. They they had negative, th- didn't they? Yeah, well – their best back, Seth Glantz, looks like 13 yards rushing. Right. They ended up with the game of negative. Okay, because sacks, I suppose. Yeah, right, but um, right. they're averaging 27 yards a game rushing. Okay, so that's not going to happen. We're not worried about that. So Morrissey, he sits back there and he slings it, and he's got a – I was telling you, I met Matt off air. He's got a quick motion, just a quick sidearm, like it, – and he, and he whips it pretty hard. Um 279 yards a game, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. They got some weapons. They got mm-hmm. these two little guys, number one, number three, with that Jalen Jackson, number three. They're both about 5'8", maybe, 5'9", but quick. Kind of a Red Wilson, a skinnier version of Red Wilson. And they just get him the ball quick, and he makes people miss. Right. And then number one, the same thing. So there is a little bit of fear in my mind there where – they're able to have enough time to get these guys into a into a window. Mm-hmm. Let's say you know it's not a deep threat type thing. It's more get them the ball in space and then they make you miss. Right, and that combined with their uh, the psyche of their team is that they don't give up. You know, if you look yeah. at look at the box scores, like you touched on this, Kelly. Uh, Southern Utah, the last game they played, Southern Utah and Western Illinois. They were at Southern Utah. Southern Utah goes up 10-0 in the first quarter. Well, they battled back 17, put up 17 points in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Western Illinois did. And it was a tie ball game going into halftime. So they are they don't roll over. They don't give up. So that's something that's going to challenge UND this week, and that's why uh, we need to take care of ourselves, stick to our game plan, and get some confidence back, uh, especially this week with don't want to look forward at all. But that's incredibly important this week for us to handle. Here's here's their issue. Morrissey's good. Wide receivers are good. Offensive line is not good. There's their problem. They've always had a problem up front. 
Right, which you is know, why and, they're trying to gunsling it. Yeah, quick. and they got to get out quick, and that's fine. They're smart. The staff, you know, this staff is up against it. Okay, they don't have anything. The facilities are terrible. They don't have any money. You know, they're moving conferences for a reason, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But you got to credit the staff. They got them playing hard. Well, they know what they're they running got, an offense right? that hey, th- at least this gives us a fighting chance. Type right. of the, you know what I mean? Think if they were running some offense inside zone. I mean, right? They wouldn't score. Sure. You know, so they just completely abandoned it. You know, let's give them some credit. But the problem is, I'm watching their O line. They're not, not what you need. They're not what you see. Mm-hmm. In the, they're, to go from South Dakota State's offensive line to this offensive line is like whoa. You know, like you're dropping a division almost. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a big big difference. So, you know, they've allowed 18 sacks this year. So there's going to be plenty of potential up front for Art to get our sack numbers back up again. So. Yeah, I think this is one where <clears throat> offense just runs the ball. I don't think you're going to see a crazy game plan from Danny because you don't have to. <clears throat> I think it'll things will just kind of take care of themselves. Yeah, good yeah. good game for Zebarth. I think. Get him right. downhill a little bit more and get him some confidence. So, <clears throat> you guys ready for your picks? Yeah, I guess. All right. What, what I, do we got going with? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. This, this is uh, let's talk about rumors, sports bar, grill, and casino. Because if we're talking picking um, on this, um, folks, if you are a gamer, uh, if you're into gaming, rumors, sports bar, grill, and casino is your place. If you are a gamer, listen to Kelly. Don't listen to Matt. Kelly's four and zero after last week. Matt is zero and four. Last week, Kelly picked the Rabbits thirty-five thirty. Uh, excuse me, thirty-five twenty-four. Uh, of course, the game ended up 42-21. Matt took the Hawks, 24-21. Um, that makes Kelly 4-0 uh, and o on the year. And in our rumors, sports bar, grill, and casino, Kelly and Matt's picks. That means, Matt, you go first. Matt, who do you have in this homecoming tilt and why? Mm, I just want to say that my record <laughs> doesn't reflect uh, my potential here. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to get back. The effort and desire he puts in. That's fantastic. He's doing uh, the same things every week. He's reading yep, the same scouting yep, reports. He's going yeah, back to you. the Can't basics here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Catch a break. Uh, well, this one's a little easier, I think. I went out on a limb last week. I, you know, I was hoping for that we'd have a, you know, go from an FBS school to the Jackrabbits, and I thought we were going to have some little bit more momentum than we did. Obviously, we did not. Um, but I'm always kind of the optimistic one out of the two of us. So Kelly's a little bit more, he's an engineer, right? So he's, he's more, uh, you know, doing the calculation. You see, he's got he's his calculator little, he's out. More he's calculating bolts. right yeah. now. Cal- he's doing a pie graph. Yeah. I mean, he's got the graph paper out. So right. I go off the cuff. All right. So, uh, no Hawks win this one decidedly. It's going to be a good game in the Alaris. It's homecoming. I mean, you got to win the homecoming game, right? Uh, if, you, if you're if you're an alum and you don't pick the home team to win on homecoming, I don't know. You should probably question your loyalty, right? Right. So, um, yeah, they'd have to be playing somebody pretty good, right? To not pick them. So Hawks win. I'm guessing forty-five <laughs> to seventeen. Forty-five seventeen Hawks for Matt Nelson, mm. our reigning champ. Kelly, how who do you have in this one, and what's the score? Hawks need to bounce back, guys. Um, we need a win. We need a resounding win. One o'clock kickoff. 
which I like, a little earlier. You know, get people going out, out around town afterwards. Um, oh, boy, was it 34-10 a couple of years ago, right? Hawks are creatures of habit. And they usually, the games usually end around <clears throat> what they were before. I don't know, it just seems like it with them. So I'm going to go. I think we see, we see a fired up team ready to get a win, ready to get back on the horse, ready to go for NDSU in two weeks. Right, got to keep that in mind. Hopefully, they're not looking ahead. They shouldn't be. They're only two and two, so I think they'll be ready to go. I'm going to go 41-7. Hawks, this one. It'll be a methodical victory, I guess. I'm not gonna. I don't think Danny will open up the playbook because he's gonna. They'll be saving that for the week later, the week after that. But uh, I'm seeing a lot of inside. A lot of inside zone, a lot of Bob Belquist, a lot of just moving the ball down the field, typical stuff. You know, defense swarming up front, they're not going to be able to run the ball. So, yeah, I'm seeing 41-7 and uh, a good night out on town. Kelly has Hawks 41-7. Matt has Hawks 45-17. Kelly on a roll at 4-0. Uh, Matt on a slide at 0-4. Yeah, He's well, still waiting for his first win this year. That's why we call Kelly our senior football analyst. That's right. So um, I never pick uh, a winner, but I always pick something that's going to happen in the games one of these weeks. Uh, I'm going to be right. Um, and just to prove that I'm listening to the two of you and your game preview, here's what's going to happen Saturday. The Hawks are going to get one pick six. And they're going to get one sack, scoop, and score. So 12 points from a pick six and a sack, scoop, and score. Oh, it I is. I see that. It's homecoming week, folks. Welcome back to the alumni. Yeah. Uh, going to be a great week. The weather, it'll be a little cool, but, you know, put your letterman's jacket perfect. on. Put your sweater on. Going to be perfect in uh, Grand Forks. Get out to the Alaris Center. Uh, tailgating is going to be fantastic. That was uh, Kelly and Matt's pick. And it's always brought to you by Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Got to thank our sponsors, guys, including Rumors, Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, Kelly Howe Agency, Nodak Mutual Insurance, Interstate Industrial, Bakken Oil Field Services. And before we go, Matt Nelson, any final thoughts on this homecoming matchup? Back to the drawing board, homecoming game, uh, good atmosphere. Uh, it's going to be back on track for the Hawks this week. Yep. Kelly, final get thoughts? Out. Just get out and have fun. Yep. You know, the weather's staying with us. I right. love it. This is awesome. What was it, 85 last weekend? I was sweating outside. I, I was doing work it. outside. Too hot. <laughs> right. So weather's staying with us. Get out. Let's enjoy it. There you go, folks. Uh, great matchup. 1 p.m. kickoff at the Alaris Center Saturday. UND Football 360 is recorded at the Three Run Single Media Studios in Rocking Horse Farm, Fargo. For more Fighting Hawks football coverage, visit undfootball360.com. It's homecoming. Folks, get your green on. Get to the Alaris. Go Hawks.